Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Roofer Report, brought to you by Roofer.com. All right, welcome everybody. Pete here with the Roofer Report, back again. And uh, today we're talking about uh, lead gen, a controversial topic in the industry. And I'm super excited to have my guests here today, uh, Chris Scoville with Blue Pages and Mike Stearns with Ascend Digital. So, uh, you know, uh, obviously a very, a very uh, unique topic here. I think that it gets beat up pretty good on social media. So I thought it'd be a great topic for us to kind of <laughs> go over and talk about the ins and outs of it. But I'll give you guys a minute real quick to just kind of explain what your companies do. If anybody's not familiar with you guys, I'm sure they've seen you on Facebook uh, if they're in the industry. But you know, just give you a minute uh, to kind of introduce yourselves and talk about your business a little bit, and then we'll dive into it. Uh, who wants to start? You want to start, Chris? Oh, it depends. Are we doing age or are we doing beauty? <laughs> let's do age. Let's, I got, let's, let's do, do age. age. Okay, so you're going first. Age and beauty. So I'll go first. Go. <laughs> I've got the age and obviously I have the beauty. So um, <laughs> first and foremost, Pete, thanks for having Michael and I. really appreciate it. You're right. It's a great topic just to kind of talk about it around the coffee table. Matter of fact, I think it's so hated. One of my really good roofer friends, no pun intended, <laughs> posted last week, he was going to start a Facebook group that was like all against lead generation, you know, entities, right? And I was just like, you're right, it comes up in the uh, it comes up in topics. And it's, it's really hated on big time. So I'm glad that we're here just to kind of talk about it today. But a little bit about me. So um, I'm Chris Scoville. I've, I've been in the industry for a really long time. So I started roofing at 19. Um, I've been in the finance space for 25 years, specifically working with contractors on the residential side. Um, I've worked for seven national banks. I actually do that now. So about two or three years ago, um, I saw a big problem in the industry and I want to solve it just like everybody. I think we'll talk a little bit about there today, the, like the lead problem, right? How you get leads. So I saw this big problem in the industry and it was, you know, how do we, help contractors it's real simple right how do we help homeowners connect with contractors with no friction and no lead fee and how do we help contractors connect with homeowners vice versa right so i got to it and we built this tool called bluepagespro.com which basically does that in all essence it connects homeowners with contractors with no lead fees and no friction so we built a software tool and there's a lot more to it but i'm not here to pitch that that's what bluepagespro.com if you want to check it out and I may talk a little bit about it today, but I really kind of want to keep it general on the insight of what I see on a daily basis, dealing with contractors across the nation and, and share that insight with you. So thanks for a few minutes for the intro, Pete. Appreciate it. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah. Well done, Chris. Um, <laughs> Pete, thanks for thanks for having us, obviously, right? Um, so what we do is we, we kind of focus on carving out our clients uh, some equity within the Google landscape, right? We take a, a pretty heavy Google-centric approach um, to helping them grow their business, right? Um, if we look at it um, from an intent standpoint, um, the intent of homeowners, it's very hard to find um, an intent that's matched uh, with Google, right? And at the same time, uh, the quality of the lead that comes through that correlates to the intent. So that's what Ascend does, essentially, you know, build high-end sites, create an immersive experience for when the people land there. But obviously, we've got to get them there first. 
Um, and we do that through multiple channels within Google. So great. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like I said, you know, I think you guys are doing a great job to maybe change the the aspect or the landscape of the lead gen uh, portion of the business a, a good bit. So I'm, I'm excited to have you guys on and, and talk about this. So I guess let's just dive into it. You know, I think lead gen, obviously, you know, traditionally, let's say 10, 15 <coughs> years ago, you know, I probably was going to uh, be almost completely referral based, you know, or maybe some print marketing type of activities. And, and the landscape has really changed. I know for us, you know, on the proposal side of things and uh, that type of aspect of the business, we're going a lot more like virtual and a lot more digital. You know, we're looking at a situation where sometimes we almost have like a contactless sales process. So obviously the way we're grabbing these customers is going to be much, much different than it used to be, right? I can't just go to the local barbershop or the grocery store and ask somebody who they used last time they had a roofer. You know, I'm probably going to go to Google or something along those lines, right? So, uh, you know, so I guess as a contractor, you know, now we're going to have to change our methods of how we're getting it. So, you know, obviously based on Facebook, all I got to do is make a post and 15 guys are on there willing to sell me leads, right? So, <laughs> you know, that's all I need to do, I guess, right? Yeah. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, and I think that, you know, there's been, obviously there's been a number of tools that have come in that are, you know, selling leads to contractors. And I've dealt with those along the way. And in some of the past places I've been, you know, with contractors that were relying heavily on these uh, types of platforms to feed them leads. And, you know, uh, you always get mixed reviews of those and, and whether or not they, uh, you know, they really are producing any kind of quality, which most of the time they aren't. Right. So um, I guess, you guys speak to the idea of like how you see the landscape changing on how a contractor is getting leads nowadays in comparison to like, say five or 10 years ago. Hmm. Well, that, yeah. Oh, you go ahead first, Michael. It's good. <laughs> I insist. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I went beauty before, you know, age. <laughs> fair, yeah, fair enough. Turn. It's your turn, Mike. Go ahead. What a guy. <laughs> um, so recently, right? You th it, first of all, like the digital marketing um, side of things, it's, it's ever changing, right? We know that people move platforms, you know, 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more now, MySpace, right? And then it was Facebook and a lot of, there's been a, a, a shift in the demographic on Facebook um and social media as a whole and that will continue to change um but for instance like a recent change over the last handful of years like google local services right um you know so you've got all these contractors let's say that typically are accustomed to paying 150 dollars a lead let's say on average through google ads now they provide a, a better solution for them right it's much more simplistic it's less convoluted than like a google ad platform dashboard if anyone's ever been in it um, it gets pretty hairy in there. <laughs> so now they, they, they made an iteration to Google's platform where, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to investigate your company as far as a background check for your, your customer facing employees, um, make sure you're licensed and insured, which is a pretty considerable value proposition to homeowners that are looking, especially when I, I would say one of the main issues that homeowners have is the, the level of distrust that they have when, you know, looking for a contractor, right? Um, I share that when I go to a mechanic because I don't know anything about cars and they have a bad reputation. Right? <laughs> so um, that's been a pretty big um, iteration that they've made. That's been very helpful for contractors um, in my opinion. 10 years. How were they doing it 10 years ago? Right. Technology's changed 
and Michael's the Google expert. So what I would simply do and offer advice to, to contractors when they reach out to me is I say, talk to an expert, just what Michael just said, you know, like I can't, I, I guess I can fix my car, but I probably wouldn't do such a great job. I'm to get to a, a car mechanic, you know, when it comes to technology, I'm always referring folks to Michael and, you know, different people that actually do the work and, and have them really educate. I'm a, I'm a true believer on educate first and then make decisions later. Right. And that comes everything from financing and educating the consumer at the point of sale on which particular finance options and payment options there are. And then also like when it comes down to, to, um, to advertising and marketing and finding leads, it's like half the battle is learning just enough to be dangerous, but letting a professional actually do the work. Right. I mean, I think a lot of it is everyone over the last 10 years has been pitch, 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 pitch. And I think that the roofer space right now is finally getting to the point where they know just enough. So when they do talk to a professional like Michael in this field, they know what to ask him. And, and Michael can educate him on, hey, here's the steps. Here's what we've done. Here's the work that we've done. And they're vetted out properly that way. So I think the big change in technology is it's, it's grown so it's grown so much and it grows so fast. By the time you're ready to place your ad, it may have already changed again. So, right, you got to get aligned with somebody that Michael does this probably every day, day in and day out. I know what I do for a living day in and day out. Things change in the financing space, right? Like I know what's going on. So I think you got to work with somebody that has a finger on the trigger. I wouldn't know, but I do know that the core competencies of advertising marketing go way back to the old days of Ogilvy and marketing and advertising and direct marketing with Dan Kennedy and stuff like that. Like the core competencies of marketing should never and will never change. The technology and the delivery will always change. So if a roofer doesn't have the core competency set up, the systems and the processes, and I'm going to probably say this a couple of times during this podcast, an irresistible offer, a call to action, and value to back it all up within how they're reaching to a lead that ain't worth nothing. So anybody could buy a lead, but not everybody can convert them and keep them for life. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you talk about like looking back at how people used to get leads versus now, it's really, like you said, at the core of it, it's really the same thing. You know, like we talk to contractors all the time and ask, you know, how are you getting your leads? And so many of these guys say, well, I just get referrals, you know, like that's really my main source. It's, it's referrals, it's repeat business, you know, and the beauty of that now is that that's essentially what like your Google reviews and stuff are becoming, yeah. right? Like they're just, now you have a wider net of referrals, right? Because it's, it doesn't have to, I don't have to run into somebody at the local store and ask them who the roofer was or talk to my neighbor who got his roof done last year. Like I can go to Google and look at a review of someone that you did that lives 30 miles away from me. And it's just as effective now, you know? So if anything, I think that these guys are in a better situation to capitalize on that if it's handled properly, right? It's a good point. Let's talk, let's dive into that one just for a sec. So we understand the testimonials and reviews are so important because let's face it, nobody's eating sushi from a one-star gas station. <laughs> Right. We're not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to a gas station. Now, however, I may go to a gas station that sells sushi with five stars, but here's the thing that when it comes to reviews and testimonials, 
is one, are they real? Because I mean, with technology, right? We got to make sure that they're real. I think that the next big thing, Michael and Pete is this, I think that we're going to be moving more towards a show me, show and tell, show, tell and sell me the review. Show me that that review really is attached to the work that you did. And I'm not going to talk about the tools that are out there now, but I think that that is going to be a forward thinking of, hey, look, we got a bunch of reviews. Hey, look, we're five star this and that. But we're not just going to tell you, we're going to show you. So I think the show and tell is coming. And that's something that um, any roofers or contractors watching and listening to this, you want to get ahead of the curve on this. Show and tell and sell at the point of sale. Don't just show them your reviews and your testimonials. Show them the work that you've done in the neighborhood so there's some emotion attached to it. For sure. Yeah, and I think uh, an often underutilized aspect of like, content marketing is like video content more specifically in that vein, Chris, is you've got these folks that are very happy to have done business with you. You did a great job for them. Why don't we tell them about them on a video, right? Put it on the website, use it as a, use it contextually in the, in the areas that you're, you're marketing, um, the areas that you want to be right. And bring people to that testimonial because that stuff is powerful, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about, you know, I'm, let's say I'm a new roofer. I'm a small roofer, you know, like at roofer, the company, we deal with a lot of small businesses, right? Like that's kind of our bread and butter. That's, those are our guys. And, uh, you know, those guys are probably not, they don't have big budgets, right? Like they're, they're looking for a way to, to grab leads and not, they don't have a ton of money to spend. Right. Um, you know, like Mike, I saw you commented on that guy the other day and said, I'm starting a business. The guy hasn't even gotten started yet. And he's got 10 grand, right? Like what can I do with 10 grand? Right. So yeah. I guess speak to that a little bit. If I am a small guy, you know, and I'm just getting going, like, what are my options? Right. Like, obviously, I'm not going to build a five thousand dollar website. Right. So, you know, what can I do to capitalize on the fact that, you know, I have a, a tiny budget, but still, you know, potentially bring some leads in the door and generate some business? Can I can I go first on this, Michael? <laughs> Go ahead. I insist. No. We're gonna hey, we're gonna arm wrestle. We could virtually arm wrestle for who gets to go on the night. I don't want the smoke. All right. You could have it. I'm an old man. I've got old man muscle. <laughs> uh, grandpa workout. And I am a grandpa, by the way. I got a 10-year-old granddaughter. So here's what I'm thinking. And I was thinking about this the other day on my dog walk. You might have seen my little post that I do with my dog. I walk my dog and I do these videos, and my neighbors think I'm a my neighbors think I'm a freak. It's five o'clock in the morning. I've got the video like this in the dark. I'm talking to myself in the dark. This lady totally caught me the other day. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it for the gram. You know, like, yeah. so anyway, back to your point, Mike. A small roofer that's just getting in the industry wants to maximize his impact and not spend and, you know, buy, like he could go out probably buy a bunch of third-party, non-validated, non-qualified leads and money's gone, right? So my idea, and this is just an idea that I was thinking about the other day, it may work, it may not, I don't care, you may want to test it. You don't need to build a $10,000 website because a website is just a glorified brochure. I would say that the gentleman should probably start with a simple landing page so he could connect, contact, convert, qualify, and keep, right, and close. You can do that all from a landing page. It's very inexpensive to do. So at least he's got a place to drive the business, drive the traffic, right? Then the next thing I would probably advise a small roofer is pick an area and farm it. Now, I've got a course that I'm going to sell for $997. No, I'm just kidding. 
I've got a concept on this. I'm going to call it the Truman Show bubble marketing effect. And let me stay with me on this. I know this is crazy. You may have to edit this out. But here's the concept. If there's a roofer and there's a zip code, let's act like there's only a thousand homes in that zip code. And within this Truman bubble, there's only two roofers in business. It's him and somebody else. So there's a thousand homes to work and there's two roofers in the Truman Truman bubble from the Truman Show, okay? How can he impact a thousand homes? Well, very easy. He's gonna farm it, just like the realtors used to do when they got the real estate license. Maybe he's gonna knock doors. Maybe he's gonna hire somebody to hang door hangers with a QR code to push back to his landing page. Maybe he's gonna direct market to those people. But he's gonna do it within a specific area and he's gonna repeat it over and over again. So they keep seeing XYZ roofing company in the mailbox, maybe a postcard or on the door, on the door hanger. Maybe he's got door hangers going out there for him. Maybe he's sending mail, like he's farming a specific area, repetitive, repetitive, repetitive. Now I'd hand the Michael the I'd hand Michael the mic over here now to say, hey, how do we digitally hit those thousand homes within the Truman Show bubble? Do we do a Google thing? Do we do a targeted geo? Do we do a social media attack to that specific area? I would probably sit down and have coffee with a roofer that just got in the industry and I'd have this simple conversation. Pick an area, farm the area, grow the area. Now, in addition to that, there's professionals that also work in the Truman bubble. There's realtors, there's air conditioning contractors, solar people, there might be window and door, gutter. Those are going to be your referral partners that refer business to you and you refer business to them because you're going to cross trade in the trades. You're going to get relationships with them while you're farming the thousand homes. So that's my concept on how somebody that doesn't have a ton of money gets in the industry and gets out there and starts getting business with $10,000. That's my take on it. Now, again, I ain't the IT guy. I refer all this stuff over to professionals. I would can I let Michael take it from there and say, hey, how do we do a Google thing and how do we do a geofence thing? So that's my thought. That's my idea. This, and those are all great points. And my disclaimer is I'm not an IT guy. So if you call me with a computer issue, I probably can't help you. <laughs> but what I will tell you is restart your computer. Yep, reboot. That's right. likely going to fix it, right? You did that before the pod. There the you go. Yeah, my, my microphone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, no, like, so spot on, right? So like, if you're just getting into the industry, you have, let's say 10 K, right? What's most important. Most important is that 10 K comes back to us as quickly as possible. And then some, right. Um, so that we can scale that budget and, um, hopefully grow the business. Right. So when speaking about a landing page, like if you think about a landing page versus a Wix site, there's not going to be a massive disparity in price. So exercising some foresight, looking down the road. In my mind, we would want to get as much content associated with your, your web URL, your web address as possible, right? Um, so what I tell people is like, think of the way that Google is going to read your website the same way with somebody like me where I've already professed, I don't know much about cars, right? So I buy a new truck, I buy a new car. It's time for my first oil change. And I, I couldn't afford the really expensive car that would tell me exactly what I need right on the dashboard, right? Or OnStar would call me and tell me where to go and when. Um, so what am I going to do, right? I'm going to go to the owner's manual and there's going to be a thousand pages of content, right? And where do I go? I go back to the index, right? Now I go to the category of oil. Now there's going to be a hundred different things under oil, right? So now I go to oil change and it's going to give me very particular instructions on where to find what I need 
I'm going to flip to that page. Um, Google is far more efficient at doing that, right? Um, but what I tell people is like, think of all the services that you want to offer, right? So there's going to be some staples of a website, the home, the about us. Hopefully you would include like a meet the team where even if it's just an owner operator, have a, you know, have a headshot. It's not expensive. Write a little bio about yourself. Um, think about it if you're doing residential, if you're doing commercial, what do you offer within that, right? Is it storm? Is it um, retail? Um, if it's insurance, like you should probably explain the process, right? The process of that would be important. So get as much content categorically indexed in a way that would Google would find relevant, right? Which is, is somewhat intuitive at the very foundational level. Um, and I would say go that route um, as opposed to a landing page if you have the time to do it. And if not, like a landing page would suffice, right? Um, but as far as max value long term, I, th I think it would it would benefit anybody to, to get that done. Um, so then within that, like... I got a question on that, just so I can learn and maybe others, and, and I, but I don't try to lose your, your train of thought. Can you put all that indexing and words and stuff on a one landing pages or does it have to be a multiple page website? Like you just said, like the about us and the, the, like all the tabs. Can you still make it relevant? I guess my point is- Yeah, so without- You make it relevant on one landing page to still get the Google bank. Sure. But now we've like, what's most important to Google is user experience, right? Okay. So if Google knows that you've got 7,000 words a page on one page of content, it's going to be next to impossible for their users to find your information. Got it. Okay. That helps. Right, so that's a really good question. Yeah. We want to make it as simple as possible for Google to crawl the site, see like a pristine sitemap. People can easily access their information because if we know that their primary concern is user experience because the better user experience, the better the odds are that they're going to come back to Google. The more market share, the more eyeballs, the more eyeballs, the more ad revenue. Right? Cool. That helps. Comes on the money. Yeah, that helps. Um, so we want to do everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, let's assuming we got that done, right? Now we're farming areas. How can we capitalize and leverage what we're doing um, for, through what Chris explained in a digital capacity? Facebook groups, right? A lot of them have, you know, well, you can't do this on these days. You can only do self-promotion. That's fine. Um, but what can you do, right? Make yourself present in some capacity. I tell everybody, right, the, the best thing that you can do for yourself and your company is provide your target market with no strings attached content, not as, a, not as link bait to get them into a funnel, to inundate them with follow-ups. Um, give them good information that they need and that they're going to be looking for consistently right and do it across multiple channels right so another thing you would want to do is create a google business profile when you're creating content whether it's text whether it's text with photo whether it's video if you're a roofing contractor and you don't have a history in creating content think about the things that homeowners would ask you right when you're you're out on a sales call like what are common objections that you get what are common inquiries that you're going to get um, from a homeowner. I'm assuming this individual who's just starting their roofing business has some experience in roofing, right? Um, so they may be, uh, they may have an understanding as far as like what that looks like. Um, if you're, I tell people all the time, like if you're in a restoration market and you're doing predominantly insurance, act as if, like create videos, and it doesn't have to be you sitting in front of a computer, go on a roof inspection and act as if that's what you're sending to that adjuster to get the claim approved, right? where you're going to approach it with as much tenacity as you can, right? And improve every different aspect and make sure it's well-documented mm -hmm. as far as why that roof needs to be bought. If you do that, you're gonna provide some very valuable content 
to the people that are looking for your services, right? Mm -hmm. um, so while that may not have an immediate return, um, things that you can do that are not cost intensive on the front end that, that have some return in the long game, like you definitely want to do to position yourself. Um, but the Facebook groups for sure, right? Invite your, your customers, you know, the first couple customers that you land, if you're doing mailers, if you're knocking doors, invite them to join the Facebook group, right? Explain to them how important it is, is a small business owner in your local community, how important your reputation is to you and leverage that to get the review and explain to them how much it would, you would appreciate the fact that, hey, if you see someone mentioning on Facebook um, that they need a, a reliable contractor, you and I both know, you know, I don't want to say they're needles in the haystacks, but, you know, you enjoyed your experience, right? I would like you to be vocal about it. Aha, now we can piggyback into some sort of referral program, right? Um, to where you they can benefit from doing that. Yeah. And, we, you know, we'd like to think everyone's moral saints and they're primarily motivated by um, doing the right thing for people, which, you know, people do, right? But if you add a carrot, right, people are more likely to do that. So that would be a conversation down the road. Um, but I think setting the stage for that early on would be important. Um, the other side of, you know, what we had discussed, the Google local services, I would recommend that to anybody, regardless of the size of the company. And it very well may be that, let's say you get your profile approved and your position number 10 in your market and you don't get anything out of it. Okay. The upside is enormous, right? Your average cost per lead on Google local services is going to be anywhere between 40 and $75 at most. Is it, um, is it so to have the, the intent... Is it cost intensive to do to set that up? Is it expensive to set up the Google? No, it's free, and there's different things that you can do to try to help influence um, as far as bidding yeah. strategies and things like that. So, so I know the guy that's offer services for that. getting it set up doesn't cost any. I mean, it's, it's like the thing to check. Right, there should be a checklist for the guy with ten. So yeah, and. Yeah, 100%, right? And it's, you look at it, it's like, if you've got a situation where you've got everything to gain and nothing to lose, like, yeah. you go that route every single time, right? Yeah. yeah, There's no doubt about it. So I would definitely recommend doing that. And then, you know, kind of back to the content thing, create as much content as you can, right? Um, publish it on Facebook, create a YouTube channel, create your Google business profile, um, upload photos to your Google business profile as you start doing work um, and pay attention to what's going on in the Google business profile um, because you'll go in there and there's 10, 12, 15 tabs, right? And there's certain certain things you can do that would optimize the profile and make it more appealing for Google to show you to people that are looking in your area, right? Um, and that just takes, you know, a little bit of time and energy and effort, uh, but it's definitely worth doing um, and worth having a process in place. Back to your point, Chris, if you if you put these processes in place early on as the company scales, things are much, much easier to duplicate, yeah. much less friction. Right. Yeah. So things become far less problematic as you scale. If you yeah. wait until you're at three million to start trying to, to figure out your processes, yeah. that work life balance that everyone would like to have um, becomes much less attainable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so processes for sure. Cool. Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the things that I wanted to bring up here, and I think you kind of just touched on it, Mike, is like the uh, immediate versus the long game, right? Because I think so many times as a contractor, right? Like we don't know enough about marketing to really 
dive into it and understand it. So we throw some money at it and two weeks later, it's not producing what we thought it would or hoped it would. And we're already pissed off because we've shelled out some money and it's hasn't reciprocated yet. Right. So we dump it and try something different. And then, you know, a month later we're on to another one and kind of like some, the way some guys do CRMs as well, but you know, <laughs> but it's like, you know, the, the idea of this like instant gratification, you know, lead gen doesn't work like that. Right. So, you know, like, I guess you guys talk a little bit about the, the difference, right? Like this is a lead gen and, and doing all these things that you guys are talking about is really, it's a long game, right? Like it's all of it is for essentially for the long game. You know, the, the immediate is not, you know, you're never really working when you're doing this kind of stuff for like immediate results. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I would say, you know, there are things that are more immediate, right? Like if you're running a Google ad campaign, like you're focused more so on the 60 to 90 day window than the 365 day window. Um, so I always look at lead generation like up at the top. And then within that, there's all these different denominations of lead generation where I think a lot of people typically think lead gen, they think of like call center leads, they think of aggregate or leads like Angie or something like that where they're buying for leads. I kind of look at them all encompassing within lead gen, right? Even the stuff that I do. Because um, technically we're doing it in the vein of generating you more leads. Right. <laughs> um, so with that being said, it's very, very important, right, to find a strategic partner that you can trust. Sounds cliche, um, but vet the people that you're considering doing business with. Right. Talk to people that they've done business with, um, focusing on working with somebody that works specifically within the roofing industry can provide a lot of value. Right. They have a lot of data. Data is powerful as far as making optimizations. Things short, they differ from market A to market B to market C. Um, but having years of experience within that is, is obviously beneficial. Um, and with that being said, don't fall for the vanity stats. Right. Um, Hello, dear sir, madam, I can get you 20 or 30 leads at $7 a piece, right? Um, and you give me 500 bucks and I'm going to get you, you know, all these great leads. It's going to be fantastic. Sign here, right? It just, it doesn't make sense, right? But you see it. Um, I'm sure, Pete, Chris, you've seen it in those Facebook groups, yeah. right? And every time. Um, that's not to take away from the fact that, like, a lot of the times it's tied to a social media um, dashboard, right? It's not to take away from social media because it's social media. Again, it's very powerful and there's opportunities within that to really capitalize on it. But typically what you're going to see is um, you, when somebody's getting results like that, there's going to be a couple things at play. Right. And it's going to be a very gimmicky ad. Right. To get somebody with clickbait of, in some capacity. Right. They're going to click in. It's automatically going to pull your information from their profile. Right. Now, that, that's a lead. Right. Um, I think we could all agree on like a, that type of lead versus somebody who says, hey, I need a roofer and this is where I live. It's just a matter of who will, you know, I'm going to call you. Is that cool? I think there's there's a pretty discernible difference <laughs> between the quality of those two leads. And yeah. you'll see, right, a commensurate difference in price um, based on that, right? Because the ad space costs more on Google, the clicks cost more, right? So um, what does that come down to? It, it, it comes down to ultimately a higher cost per acquisition. But what you're not going to do is you're not going to call through 100 leads to get 12 contacts to find four people that are legitimately willing to schedule an appointment to find one or two people that are actually interested in talking about how you can help them. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, And this rolls right into the next thing that I was going to bring up, which is 
the buying of leads, right? The buying of leads versus putting the tools in place to generate leads, right? And the difference between those two, and you touched on it there, Mike. And, you know, I think that the, there's so many services out there. And like you said, so many people jumping into these Facebook groups and making comments, Hey, I can get you 30 leads right now. You know, like just call me. Right. And, uh, you know, like I feel like if I'm buying leads, they're probably not good. Right. Like I think that's, you know, what are the odds that I'm buying leads that are actually good leads? Probably not good. Right. So I think that's a, you know, some, something to keep in mind as we're looking at leads and lead gen tools, you know, and lead gen possibilities and how we're going to generate leads for our business. If you're shelling out money to just buy leads, the quality of those leads is probably crap, right? <laughs> we can probably all agree on that. So, you know, I think like that's the, you know, and you touched on it there, like, you know, the difference in the leads is like, you know, Hey, you, you know, I got a hundred leads and 12 of them actually answer the phone versus the customer who came to my website you know, and is looking, actively looking, you know, and I think Chris, this kind of plays right into what you guys are doing at Blue Pages, uh, you know, with essentially capturing warm leads, right? Like capturing leads where there are people who are actually looking right now to get a job done. Yeah. Our, the goal with this, it's interesting. I mean, this goes back to a, this theory that I came up with. I said, how am I going to get how do I build this company? How do I build Blue Pages? And I, I remember Kevin Costner and Field of Dreams. You build it, they will come. So I got together with my developer out in Santa Barbara via Slack because we had never met over four years of working together. And I said, I'm going to build this tool and it's going to be like, I think I could say this. It's going to be like, yeah, Zillow. We're allowed to say Zillow here. So I want to build this tool and it's going to be like Zillow, but for home improvement contractors where we connect Consumers can go and they can connect with the contractor, you know, this whole thing where it just flows and no, we're not aggregating. We're not selling leads. We're just going to allow the consumer to come in, connect with the contractor. They can vet the contractor out. They can look at their work. They can watch a video. They can see their testimonials. They can see an offer. They can look at their, their work through these tools that we built in. And then they can fill out a form and then the form goes directly to the owner of the company. And he's like, how are we going to make money? I go, I don't know. We'll figure that out some other day. He's like, what do you mean? I go, I don't care. Let's build this thing that offers a ton of value that connects consumers to the contractors. And then we'll figure out how to monetize it later. He's like, you're crazy. I go, I know. So we built it. So the idea then I had to back it up. I'm like, cool. Jay Abraham said, work for free, deliver value. And then the money will follow someday. And now the money's starting to come because we partnered up with the best in the industry on the SaaS side people like Roofer and such as business partners. Now we've got this credibility factor. So anyway, back to my point, we built this tool to help contractors be seen and be found and connect. We'll figure out and monetize the thing later. I don't really care. But the idea is this, if we can help a contractor build a system in a process that they can build their marketing platform on to then go and do the Google, to do the social, to do the this, to do the that. We're giving them a real strategy. We're giving them a real tool to build their marketing on. Now, yes, you're right. You can go, and I know people that are successful buying third-party non-validated leads because they've got the means to buy the leads and it's just a numbers game from there. But to back to the point where the guy doesn't have the money or the means to buy leads and have a call center, you know, cleanse through them to see what goes, 
He needs a system to build it on that he can develop his own leads. Now, we build the blue pages. We have no guarantee that people are just going to flow through all day long and people are going to get leads. It wasn't meant for that. It was built so somebody could actually have a structure to drive traffic to. And that's where professionals like Michael come in that can help them drive traffic to their own tool that they built. And then, of course, we add on their website. So now they've got two tools working in sync and in harmony together to help them capture tools. So that was the goal of the Blue Pages, was to give them a platform, a micro site, a landing page to help them connect, convert, qualify, and close more jobs from one platform. And that was the goal of it. So the first question that people have is, well, great, I've got a Blue Page. Where's my traffic? Well, that's not the goal. Yeah. <laughs> the goal is for us to build you a tool now that you have your own your own thing to help to drive more leads to. You know, to get you away from buying third-party non-validated leads, now you have a tool to build it. Now, okay, let's let's go figure out your traffic package. What do you mean traffic package? I don't know. What do you want to do? Do you want to do direct marketing? Okay, cool. Do you want to do postcards? Okay, cool. Do you want to do door hangers? Okay, cool. Because those are going to capture and they're going to push back to your microsite, your landing page, your website. You want to do Google? Good. Do Google. You want to do SEO? Good. Do SEO. Then you drive your traffic. That was the goal. That was the idea behind this, was to help them develop a tool, a system, and a process for them to shine with an irresistible offer, a call to action, financing API built into it, approved financing in 15 seconds right from the landing page, financing approval appears in their portal, Videos, you can, like Michael just said, show your video, show your work, testimonials. We've even got a showcase gallery built on there that actually you can click on it. You can see the roof from start to finish. That's what I meant earlier. Show your work, show, tell, and sell. The credibility factor of showing your work will only help you in the real world. That's my my spiel on the field of dreams and building tools (laughs) for them to actually be strategic and then have tactics. So strategy tactics it's like going god i'm not allowed to say it it's like going to war too soon i don't know whatever it's going to work there's strategies and there's tactics and tactics are the driving the sources to the strategy to ultimately get to the goal so michael what say you (laughs) that was great yeah (laughs) i've got nothing virtual Well, and I think that plays into what you guys do, Mike. And I think that, you know, you could probably talk better to like, okay, now I've got, let's say I've set up a blue pages or now I have my website. What are the best ways, the most effective ways to drive traffic there? Because we went through the same thing, right? Like we had an estimation tool at Roofer and everybody would jump on it. And then two weeks later, they'd call us and they say, this is awesome. You guys gave me this awesome tool. Nobody goes to it. Right. right. Because they don't, they're missing the point, right? Like they're missing right. the idea that you, yeah, the tool is only as good as the traffic you drive to it. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. And, and the same thing, like with the, the blue pages, like the blue pages could be a phenomenal lead generation tool for you. If you get the people there, yeah. you know, if you steer the people in that direction, you know, so what do you find to be like the most effective ways to do that? Cause that's really where you guys come into play. Like how would you drive traffic there? What, yeah. So like, okay. So you mentioned the instant quote, right? Like let's walk down, um, let's walk down that path for a moment. So who's going to need the instant quote? A homeowner that's looking for the price of a roof, right? Mm-hmm. What is that homeowner likely searching in Google? Roofers near me, insert geography, roofer, 
roofer insert geography cost of roof replacement right um so now what do you want to do right we know that most people are going to click at the top of google right or somewhere on the first page like some people scroll right past all the ads right they go right to the maps they go to organic um and i'll say what i've seen is there's typically a correlation typically the the older the individual is the less likely they are to click on the ads from what i've seen in in talking to people i'm not saying that as a matter of fact though so let's be clear um however if we know, right, that somebody's looking, especially in this day and age, right, it's become more and more immediate gratification, right? I don't want to wait for anything, right? I'll pay for convenience, especially like I'll pay 40 bucks for lunch because somebody brought it here from Uber Eats. Fantastic. <laughs> so like, let, let's capture the, the need for that impulse, right? And give them what they want. Um, so what are we going to do when somebody looks for a cost of roof replacement? Why wouldn't you want to throw a Google ad to say, hey, like you can get an instant quote for your roof replacement in 30, 30 seconds, right? Like what? So not only so now they click through and they start running through the instant quote, it gives them what they want, right? Sends it to the client. Um, maybe it sends it to the customer, what have you. Um, so now that you know they've gotten what they want and some people would say like, well, that's a really bad thing, right? Um, because now I've given away all my opportunity to go pitch that individual. Now you dig a little bit deeper and okay, well, like, what did you set programmatically the pricing to be, right? Did you price it really high? Because if you're pricing it really high, the understanding would be, okay, you're not in dire need of work. And what is valuable to you is not wasting the time of your sales reps running 10 appointments, eight of which never were going to buy from you, right? <laughs> yep. They were never buying from you, right? So we just systematically got them out of the way mm-hmm. through sticker shock and just saved if average appointment commuting is, let's say, two hours and you didn't have to go see eight people that were never going to buy from you. That's 16 hours that you saved, right? How can that person be deployed for 16 hours elsewhere in the business to make more money and drive sales. Um, To me, that's very valuable, right? Um, So that's a very long winded way to say is like position yourselves, your company in front of people who need your service when they need it, and then get them to that instant quote, right? That's powerful. Um, Other way is going to be in the Google Maps. The other way is going to be Google organically, right? So coming up with a strategy, but you might say, Pete, you might be year one and you did 375K in revenue, but you have lofty ambitions. You want to be at 2 million by the end of 2022. And you might say, Mike, I want SEO. I'm going to tell you, you probably don't need SEO, though, right? Like what you need to do is focus on things that are going to generate more of an immediate ROI for you. Because, you know, and even then your budget may not be conducive with you getting to that 2 million. But let's talk about how you're going to grind and the other things that you're going to do outside of thinking that, you know, you're going to spend X amount of dollars and get to two million in the snap of a finger. Let's talk about other things that you can do at the grassroots level, things that you can do internally to generate more business mm-hmm. um, and take our best shot to get you there. Right. So it finding someone that's going to back into what your strategy is, understand your goals and then create a solution based off that is really, really, really important because I don't care what type of relationship it is that you're talking about. If you don't have trust and proper expectations, that relationship is doomed from the outset, yeah. right? And it's a po- whether it's three days in, three months in, doesn't matter. A lot of it comes back down to expectations because if you set the right expectations, you're likely going to achieve trust, right? And it's gonna it's gonna move closer and closer to, to that trust factor evolving into something more positive as time goes on. A lot of people don't though, right? Which is why you get 
the scorn roofing company owner that's like i've worked i'm typically the second or third guy that somebody has called right yeah they've tried the 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 guys that let me sell you a dream approach that didn't work out right and they still have apprehension because their heart's been broken and i get it and it's like not only is it the money that was wasted it's the time the time yeah they promised you that it was going to take a year for seo to to make an impact right and it and in, in a lot of cases it does right to have a meaningful impact but how do you tell right so for instance like there's indicators you know you could use like hrefs or semrush our platforms where you could type in your domain and it's going to get, show you indicators right as simple as just a graph right mm-hmm. is your graph flat is it a downtrend is it an uptrend yeah. um so even something as simple as that while somebody's telling you this is going to take a year this is going to take two years whatever the case may be you can see, right? Most people know that like a, an uptrend is a good thing, right? If you're investing in anything, right? You want to see uptrends typically. Um, so it, I guess it's important to have those conversations and form those relationships, understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish and make sure that the person that you partner with, whoever it is, has those same goals in line and puts those at the forefront. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was a rant. No, <laughs> that's all good. Dude, I, I love this, man. I'm, I'm learning all over. Yeah. <laughs> well, I apologize in advance to the audience for who I watched. Pete, I got a question for you that this popped into my head. I just jot down a little note. You get, you're asking us questions. May I ask you one? Sure. Shoot. So Roofer has the proposal tool, correct? Correct. Are what's the feedback from your your happy clients that are using that? Are they are they using that proactively or reactively? when capturing leads or converting leads so give us a little bit of insight on the proposal tool and how that's working in your lead cycles with your clients how's that working yeah it's interesting that you brought that up because i had a conversation at ire actually with um a canvassing company uh, a scouting company that and specifically talking about proposals and how they're used right because i think that you know, traditionally, the idea behind a proposal is you go do an inspection or run a call, take a look at the property yeah. and you create this proposal for that specific person and you try to sell that specific person. Mm-hmm. And what we were talking about is could that proposal be utilized in a much more effective manner earlier in the process to mm-hmm. essentially generate business? Like, yes. could you essentially say like, hey, I'm going to a house in a neighborhood. This is a house that we've already won a contract on. Maybe I'm creating pro- proposals for the five surrounding houses and just saying like, hey, here's a here's a proposal that we threw together with the same roofing system that your neighbor's putting on. If yep. we were to put it on your house, here it is. Right. And, and essentially using that, like you said, in a more proactive fashion rather than a reactive fashion, which is traditionally what everybody in the business thinks of a proposal as right. Like you use an estimate once you've run a, you know, you don't use it until you run an appointment and that that customer is ready to buy. Then I create that proposal. But what if you could generate a proposal ahead of time, even if it's bare bones, it's essentially like doing the same. It's the same concept as the calculator or the estimation. tool. It could be as simple as the maintenance, a maintenance on pitch to get on the roof. Exactly. Yeah. One yeah. of the most successful, con- successful contractors that I worked with when I worked on the CRM side, he did commercial and retail roofing. And one of the most successful things he did on the retail roofing side was he would go out and do a job. And as part of his sales process, he would sell a maintenance package. 
and he would come quarterly and and get on your roof and do an inspection and he, you know he may find nothing but at least he stayed in the forefront of your mind so if your neighbor asked you or if someone else in the neighborhood was looking for a roofer man, that dude's truck is there all the time. Like that guy is on it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant at the time. And I still think that was a brilliant maneuver by him to have that maintenance agreement, you know, that he just every year he would re-up it with the customer, even though, you know, hey, I put your roof on and yes, your roof is warrantied, but let us just come out and take a quick walk. Let us just come out and check and make sure you don't need windows or siding now, right? No. Like, oh, while we're here, we noticed, right? You know, and yeah. it's maybe a free gutter cleaning included. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah, no, and I, and I think there's a. First of all, I think that's an amazing concept, and mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen a lot of companies, larger companies especially, do it where you know they they do a, a mass mailer to you know the, let's say a mile and a half radius, three mile radius, what have you, where it's like okay, it's you know for as little as seven grand you can get a new roof, right? But creating that personalized connection to where you have like the aerial image, let's say, of their house, and it's like. You know, this is a rough estimate based on the roofing system your neighbor your neighbor did is like huh right that like yeah, it's almost like the effect i it's almost like the effect i feel like you would get from hand having like a handwritten like thank you card from a business right yeah. it's like yeah they really care like they this is awesome and i think the other thing outside of that that you had touched on that's really important for for um companies to understand is like the 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 value of being omnipresent in branding, and I'm not saying like a year one company goes spend 30 grand on, on TV commercials, right? Because that's not the move and that's not what I want people to pull out of this, right? Um, but the value of branding, being omnipresent, even though a lot of those things aren't necessarily quantifiable, right? So you might, like that guy that's doing the, the maintenance program, right? Maybe he got 30 leads that he had direct attribution from in his CRM that said, I saw you in my neighborhood, right? Over at this house, I live on this street. And he went into name your CRM, right? And he attributed it and it's like, okay, I got 30 leads. He probably got a lot more than 30 leads from his truck wrap, right? Yep. But you can't quantify that because they didn't explicitly say, there's not necessarily a tracking number associated with it, but I don't think anyone on this call or watching this video would say, I'm not gonna get some leads that I'm not going to be able to quantify or tie back to this ad or you know this platform of some sort. So I, th- I think it's important to keep that in mind um, as well as you grow your business. I love it. Yeah, man, I, I love the, there's so many different things you can do with your proposal tool, man. You can use it at the point of sale. You can use it as lead capture. Like you just said, you can get to the emotional side of a pro, uh, prospective client or customer or homeowner down the road just by taking the image of their home that they pay their huge mortgage on to protect their kids under the roof and by putting that in front of them. So years ago, when I was doing a lot of commercial um, solar financing, commercial guys would call me and say, hey, how do I get commercial um, commercial jobs to sell solar? I said, oh, it's easy. So I'd send them to the software tool. They would send them to the owner of the particular commercial property. They'd pick the ter- type of commercial property that they want to sell to that had the tax benefits. They do the aerial view down. Whoop. They put a fake array on it, what the solar array mm-hmm. would look like. They take the Google Street Shot whoop, and they put it on an 8x10 or 8x11, whatever the size is. They'd fold it up and they'd send it to the owner of the property. The owner of the property would open it up. So this is like your proposal tool. I like the idea of what you guys are doing. I think that's going to be great. They'd open it up and they'd go, holy cow, that's my building. What? 
there's no solar on there. Oh, that's what solar would look like. Call for call for an analysis. Call for a consultation. We'd like to see what your electricity is, so we can have a meeting on solar and how it could change your life. Blah blah blah. You know, whatever the pitch is. Who cares? This isn't about solar. It's about striking the emotion of the person that owns the building or the residence and getting them attached to the call to action, the offer, the irresistible offer, and then what it is, the action that takes place. The moment that you show a building and they take pride in the building that they own or they rent or lease or whatever, it brings them into you know, that next step to get them involved. So I really love the roofer proposal tool and how you can use it on the front end for leads. I can process them. And then of course, I'm the big guy at the point of sale, right? I know exactly what to do at the point of sale to turn the consultation into a sale. And that's probably another podcast for another time, but I love it, man. <laughs> I think that's really cool what you guys are doing, Pete. Big fan. Yeah, well, and you know, and I think that, you know, like one of the, another podcast that I did with Matt from uh, Hail Trays, mm. and uh, he had some great insight and I thought it was genius is that rather than treating this like, you know, this time of year for a lot of roofers is the off season, right? Yeah. Like he said, he hates that term. Like there should never really be an off season. Like you never should be off. Right. So it's a great opportunity to take tools like roofer proposals, yeah. roofer measurements, hail trace reports. Yeah. Right. And take those. They've given you information like maybe you've pulled roofer reports or you have the ability to pull roofer reports. So like you said, maybe I could pick a neighborhood that I've never done a single house in, pull some roofer reports on those, you know, get some measurements, create some proposals and possibly win yourself some business before the season even starts. Right. Like these are all tools you We're could use. Truman in bubble. Season. Right. The Truman Show bubble, man. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it plays right back. Like you <laughs> like, okay, Chris, we, we get it now. Yeah. Even no, but I mean, it does. It plays right back to that scenario yeah. of like, hey, take take an untapped neighborhood, take these tools that you're utilizing anyway in yeah. the regular time. You know, like when you're busy, and take advantage of them. Use them now to possibly go in there and farm that area. Yep. You know, with these same tools, rather than you know having to come up with a new way of doing it. You know, farm it with those tools and generate. You know, like it could be as simple as, you know, dropping off a proposal that links them back to call you or, or go to your website or, or something like that. Right. Yeah, you know, it could play right into driving the traffic back. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's a really good point. Um, and I, I mean, even take it a step further and, you know, find honey holes where, you know, that this neighborhood has all 18 year old roofs. Right. Yes, because yeah, we went yeah. through our data yeah. because we've been so zealous in documenting everything into our CRM that we have access to all the data we need. Right. <laughs> And we know that we've got these five neighborhoods that yeah. all have these 18-year-old roofs because they're built at the same time in the same subdivision. And then the same thing, right? Pull a roof report on them. You know, even if they draw them out, how long does it take? I mean, it's pretty quick. And yeah, minutes. Yeah. yeah. Drop them, right? Drop them in the mail even. Follow up with them. Whoa, 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 whoa. Make sure your sales rep. Did you just say? <laughs> make, make, make sure. Right? Make sure. Did you just say the, the follow up is documented? Nobody follows up. <laughs> now, we, now we follow up on it and we document it. So, like this time next year, we know, oh, okay, cool. we spent this much time, energy, and money on dropping these mailers. This was the average follow up. And we found that. On average, we had to follow up twice to get the sale, right? Yep. We spent this much on it, this many hours, and whatever you equate to that value of time that you've invested in, we grossed back this, netted this, right? It's a very simple math problem as far as like, okay, maybe we 10x that strategy this year because it works so well. I wrote, it's got so follow up. Yeah, dude, I got follow. I wrote notes. I got notes. <laughs> 
I don't know. I might have invented this, but it probably came out of a book. And you'll know because you guys are avid readers. Think big, think big and market small. Right? Like these little things we're talking about, you can actually test them to see if they freaking work without spending an arm and a leg, right? Like, so if you do proof of concept, right? You do, you got an area that you can actually test something in that specific bubble and go, well, we knocked it out of the park. Oh, it worked. Well, let's replicate it and do it in another zip code. Right. It's a big world out there. I think it's so big sometimes that we all lose track of where we're going to get our customers because it's such a big world. But if I was a home tradesperson doing roofs and doing gutters or air conditioning, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Sometimes you got to have these great ideas and you just bring them in and go test, 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 test. Boom, we've got it. Let's replicate it and take that system, that process and take it to the next zip code. Right. It worked over there. It's going to work over here. Oh, love it. Yeah. And I, I like that it plays into, you know, one of the other things we talked about is like you were talking about Mike being omnipresent is, you know, this idea of, you know, in a lot of other businesses, like you brought up the car mechanic, right? Like if you have an issue with your car, you probably have a guy, right? Like you probably have a mechanic that you go to that you trust that you've built a level of trust with by going to him a couple of times and he's done some decent work, right? You have, you know, in the medical profession, you probably have someone that you trust that you go to every time, right? right. Roofing, we go in, we slap a roof on it. You never hear from us again, right? Like that's it. Like you, you probably odds are, unless you're in a storm area, you're not going to need another roof in my lifetime or you're probably not going to think about it. So, you're probably never going to reach out to me again unless your roof is leaking, you know, or I screwed something up when I did the job. So the idea of becoming that guy, right. And staying present, you know, like whether it be with that maintenance agreement, whether it be with, you know, uh, you know, uh, on social, like you said, like you're socially communicating with them or staying in front of them, you're on their Facebook, whatever the case may be. I think that it's a concept that, has never made it to this industry, but could really change the game for these guys if they can become that guy, right? Like become that, become the roofer for life, right? Become the Chris of finance within the roofing communities online, right? Yeah. Somebody posts about <laughs> financing. You've got 17 people that are like, call Chris Scoville, right? Uh, so yeah. finance. Here you go, right? Yeah. It works, oh, right? So you play that. At the end of it, they're like, I don't know. I'm not sure who to call. <laughs> guys, listen, you know me. You guys have known me for years. I'll get on the phone with people, and if it ain't good fit, I'll tell them it ain't a good fit. Yeah. You need to go here. And it's so funny because people think that we're all just trying to sell them something. What good is it for me to try to help somebody that I know that I can't help? I'm going to waste his time. No, I get on the phone with people, and I'm like, hey, tell me what's going on. What do you need? And if we're a good fit, we can work together. And if we ain't a good fit, I'm going to tell you where you can go to get help. I mean, I think that's the reputation that you all want at the end of the day is be honest, educate me. If you can help me out, cool. If you can't, tell me where I can go and get help. And that's the reputation that you want to have in this universe, in this small world that we work in and live in every single day, man, is you're the goat. How dare you call me? There we go. Sorry, guys. I got knocked off. And I'm back. Um... You know, have the reputation as a person to go to just because you're freaking honest, you know? So, yeah. No, don't worry. I, I just got leads coming in. You know, people want to find <laughs> and stuff. No big deal, guys. We're cool. It's like, there you go. Generating leads. at the top. 
<laughs> you know, but I think that is a big part of it, you know, and it, it goes back to your reputation and, you know, how visible you are and how easily people can get in contact with you and things like that. And, you know, I think, you know, in this day and age, right, like we have a completely different buyer than we used to have, yeah. you know, the buyer I think is more educated, right? I think that they go to Google and they do the research, yeah. like they're reading reviews, right? Um, and, uh, you know, I think so your website becomes so much more powerful and so much more impactful than it ever was before now, because that's really where they're going to find out what they need to know about you. Right. Like they're like, I had someone tell me once, you know, the most important piece of your website is the about us page, right? Because, because by the time they call you, they've already read your Google reviews. They've already looked at your website. They've seen your about us page. They feel like they kind of know you. Right. And you want to be that want to come off as like that neighborhood roofer like i'm going to be your guy right like you're going to run into me at your kid's soccer game on saturday you know so i want to make sure that i put a good roof on your house because you're going to see me all the time like i'm in your neighborhood right so i think you know and you could probably speak to this better mike because this is what you guys specialize in but you know the importance of a powerful website and and those specific things you know like being able to go there as a customer like i'm reading your about us like i want to make I want it to feel like I know you, right? <laughs> By the time I, yeah. I, you come to do my roof, you know? Sure. It, like the way that I explain <laughs> to try to, there's a lot of, um, there's a big range when people talk about websites as far as what they cost, right? Like there's like, and it's crazy, right? Like, well, this guy told me 500, this guy told me $20,000, right? <laughs> what do I do? Right. And it's like, okay, so like, take a look, ask how many pages there are and, and whatnot. Do you own the website? That's a, that's a very important question to ask. Do you own the domain, right? Is there gonna be a tracking number on it? If so, do you own that? Um, th those are like some very, very fundamental and very important questions that you should ask anybody that you're doing business with on the digital marketing side of things. Um, but outside of that, like, I don't know, you think of it like how a roofer would look at me if I was like, hey, okay, we're going to slap on this three tab, right? Versus like a DaVinci or an F-Wave system, right? There's a pretty <laughs> significant difference yeah. um, between those roofing systems. I'm not, a, I'm not a roofer, right? But based on everything that I've learned, there, there's seemingly a pretty big distinction in price too, right? Um, you know, you want to create an, a, a, an experience for the people that are coming to your site that makes it, I tell everyone, like, if you have Pete's roofing, right? And, you know, we're designing a site for you. I want it to be, we know that they're probably getting multiple estimates, right? Probably going to have multiple people out there. If I know that distrust is, is an issue among homeowners towards the roofing community, how do we get their guard down, right? Create an experience for them that builds trust, obviously. But ultimately that makes it, okay, well, honey, we've got Pete's Roofing coming out Thursday and then those two other companies we call, right? And you can achieve that, Right. Um, and how you go about designing the site can definitely impact that and help move the needle. You start coupling that with your reviews and, and, and things like that. Your, your meet the team page and build that rapport, have clean headshots of your staff, do a little bio on all of them, right? Um, structuring your content in, in a certain way within the homepage so that like there's calls to action when they land on the site. Maybe, maybe they don't care about your team, Pete. Maybe they just want to convert. They've seen enough, right? <laughs> Give them the opportunity to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, whether it's submit a form, whether it's click an instant quote, whether it's swipe to call, have it front and center and always follow them with a call to action while they're navigating the site. Because at the end of the day, right, we want to give them good content, but we really want them to call us or to communicate with us in some capacity so our guy can go out 
and help them, right? Help them with a new roof. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that that's so, it's funny that you said that stuff because it is, it's funny to see some of these websites and like what, you know, and we run into the same thing on the proposal side, right? Like you have these guys, you know, like, well, why do I need a proposal tool? Like what you guys are doing at Roofer, right? Or, or some of our competition has done because, you know, at the end of the day, if I come into the home and I've this contract, you know, this customer's gotten five contractors to come in and get quotes, which one are they going to remember? The one that was clean, polished, looked really good, had the picture of their house on the front or the one, the guy, you know, scribbled on a napkin from his Chick-fil-A lunch, right? And said like, hey, here you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, know? The worst, like, I'm the worst guy for this podcast right now. I just realized how guilty I am. First of all, it was a coffee-stained piece of paper out of the composition. Oh, it's so fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I can completely contradict this. I don't know how much time we have, but I'm going to tell the story. All right. <laughs> so I most recently had to buy an air conditioning system for my home here. I'm on the intercoastal in Florida. I know, rough life. Um, and we had to put this new air conditioning system in this 1967 home. I knew it was going to be expensive because, well, guess what? Things are really expensive right now. And I knew I needed payment options because I like to leverage money from the bank and let them pay. And I like to keep my money where I want. So I use promotional <laughs> financing. Self-plug. Anyway, I know those things. I knew an air conditioner. I know it's going to be expensive. I'm going to leverage money from a bank. Cool. Now I got to go find someone to work with. So I call the button. Of course, I'm in the industry. So it was easy for me to pick up a phone and call five companies. I've got to be the worst person to do business with, right? So they come on out, proposal, seven options, proposal, five options, proposal, three options, proposal, two options. The last guy that came in, and, and to your point, Pete, all beautiful, like gorgeous proposals. And they came in and I'm opening up the email and I'm just like, like information overload. And I bring my wife over and she's like, I don't understand any of this. And I'm like trying to do my best, like 18 series, blah, 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 right? <laughs> And the proposals look so good. And she's like, oh, my God, look at the pictures. And I'm just like, oh, my God, look at the freaking price. Right? Like, yeah. I'm literally the worst. So who lands the job? And this is going to completely contradict everything that we just said. But I want to be an open book and be completely honest. The last guy that came in has been in the industry for like 60 years. And he comes in with a notepad and it's yellow, right? Like the legal yellow pad. He's, he's just curiously looking at my house he's walking from room to room and he's taking notes on the yellow pad he's not saying much he's got a tape measure he's got the pen in his ear and he's writing notes he goes he walks and he goes all right i'm gonna go i'm like well, what do you mean you're gonna go why aren't we gonna sit down and look at the proposal and why aren't we gonna do this right here right now we're going to sit down because I train people how to do this. We're point of sale. You're going to give me an option. You're going to close me on good, better, better. You're going to take me from a 16 to 18, 21 year. We're doing this now. Now I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm treating this. This is great. I hope people are listening right now. I'm going to treat this like it's my house and what I would do for my family. I melted. He's an engineer. Engineer. Old G closed me engineer in the industry forever i'm going to treat this home like it's my own i'm going to go and draw this up i'm going to make sure i don't make any mistakes because I've, i got a mitsubishi really high-tech system that i ended up getting i want to make sure that we have the equipment done that it's properly aligned i'm going to give you the real price 
I'm going to draw up how much copper we need. I think you need 160 feet times two. Like he goes, I'm going to give you a real price. So I'll get you in a couple days. He left. I looked at my wife. I go, we're going to buy from him. She goes, well, how much is it? I go, I don't care. He said all the right stuff. Like, and it's so crazy, right? We're sitting here talking about technology and fucking strip. Well, we'll <laughs> strategy. Get him out of here. But at the end of the day, professionals that are still here listening to this podcast, you got to connect with the consumer that you finally have in front of you or it all ain't worth nothing. He connected with me. And he said the right things to me. He built trust. And I wanted to do business with him. And I didn't care what the cost was. And it was expensive. But I bought from him because out of the five people that came, I connected with him. And it was because of that. And yeah, if he would have came back with a beautiful proposal tool, it would have made it that much sweeter. But I was already sold, man. And all he had to do was say a few words. I'm going to treat this house like it was my own for my own family. And I'll get back to you with that price. And I did business with him. And it ended up being a really, really good good deal. And I learned a lot in the install. So I'm pretty pumped about it. So I hope that that kind of digress. Uh, I digress with the story there on that. But just an interesting take on connecting at the point of sale. All it takes is a couple words. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's super important, right? No matter what your sales process or lack thereof looks like, right? Um, having empathy um, and compassion for someone and, and doing as such and operating in that vein is, is obviously going to be very important um, way to disprove what everything that we just said, Chris. Um, so <laughs> what if it was a Chick-fil-A napkin or, or wrapper? Then would you, would you, would you, you still buy it? I would have taken it back and put it in the roofer's proposal tool and then I would have <laughs> you said, okay, here's what, no, I really would have. Like then I then really would have, he already had me. But man, if he came back like two days later, three days later, and it was in the proposal tool properly, I would have been like, this is bananas. And then he gave it to me. I would have probably ran, ran around my neighborhood to show him, hey, look what we got. Look what you don't have. You know? So anyway, yeah, yeah man, it's that's, cool. uh, I, I that's do exceptional. This for, I do this for a living. But finally, right. someone had to come and sell me. It was fun. Yeah. I had to call those five. What wasn't fun was calling the other five people back to say, hey, I'm not giving you the business. You know what I mean? It's yeah. tough when you're in the industry and you got to say no to people that you do business with every day. It's, it's not. The, but um, anyway, that's that's a lesson learned from that one. So anyway. No, so and for I anyone think, listening, know, make sure you document things on a Chick-fil-A napkin. That's right. And, um, yeah. don't, don't worry about advertising and marketing. Don't do Google. Yeah, no. Get the don't yellowest do hat you've got. Don't, don't, get a, don't get a throw plant piece. <laughs> don't even bother with a proposal tool over a roof. Just no, no, yeah. write it on a napkin. Reach it under the chair of your car. (laughs) I think mine's got some coffee stains on the top of it, too. Oh, that's so perfect. Forget about everything we said. Just go fast forward to the end of this podcast, listen to these three minutes, and have fun, man. That's it. (laughs) Go with it. Get after it. You're going to be a multi-millionaire. I'm lying because I actually have seven leads that came in in the last hour since we've been on this thing. So technology does work. It does work. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you guys coming on. I don't want to keep you here all night. We could probably talk forever, but <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I really appreciate you guys jumping on it. Like I said, I think it's a, it's a great topic and, uh, you know, obviously this time of year, it's probably even more pertinent, you know, everybody getting ready to ramp up and, and get the season rolling and yeah. looking at how they're going to fill that funnel and, and generate some business. And, uh, 
you know, so, uh, you know, looking forward to everybody listening in on this podcast and, and learning a lot of stuff. I, I think you guys had some, some really great tips and, and some great knowledge, obviously, you know, a lot of great experience in this call. So, uh, you know, again, I really appreciate you guys spending the time. It was cool. It was fun. Pete. Hey, thanks for having us, Pete. Look forward to working with you guys. It's really great. Yeah. Thanks for All having right. us. Thank you guys.